So the cops pull you over? So yeah, they take us down. I am just nervous. The cop comes by and um, like, you know, you know, he's like, yo, are you down on the phone? And I'm like, uh, yeah, but yo, bro. And I try to say it on the low, like, yo, am, am, I, am I going in there? <laughs> <laughs> All right, peace family, and welcome to How to Beat the Trap. I am your host, Jay Morrison, and I'm here with a very special guest, the man that actually inspired me to do this very here podcast that we are doing, the podcast king himself, <laughs> David Shane. What's up, How you doing? King. I'm well, thank man. you. How are you? I am awesome. I am awesome. I'm excited to be on this side of the conversation. I'm excited to be on this side with you in the conversation. We're, we're kind of like role switching because I'm normally the podcast guy. I'm asking the questions. Yes. You're normally, people are trying to like extract stuff from your brain when yes. you're answering questions. So it's going to be Today's your extract day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. So family, uh, David Shands uh, on a flight. He and I both were speaking at a conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, said, Jay, this podcast thing is real. I think you have so much information, charisma, all these gifts. You need to drop a podcast. I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm going to do it. And I didn't do it. <laughs> and he didn't do it. <laughs> so David challenged the world to, um, you know, selflessly, because he's uh, dominating the space, selflessly challenged the world to uh, do a podcast challenge. And I said, I accept. This is my time Absolutely. to uh, release something. And so, guys, we're going to um, interview the podcast king, entrepreneur extraordinaire, David Shands. If you don't know, you obviously have been under a rock who this man <laughs> is. Um, intellectual businessman, uh, hustler, father, husband. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like those last two. Father, husband. Yeah. Those are God my fearing latest, those man. Are my latest titles. So <laughs> I like that. Awesome. So, so Dave, what we do here um, on how to beat the trap? One, guys, uh, the trap is defined as a program or system that is uh, that entices or entangles you, mm-hmm. but secretly for the benefit of another. Right, so explain that. Okay, cool. So in America, we have some inf- infamous traps, yeah. like the college trap. For sure, right? Definitely it's, a trap. it's a programming system. You got caught. You got caught. Oh, we gonna, sure, we gonna talk sure. about it. We yeah, gonna talk yeah. about it. But it entices and entangles you. Yo, go to school, go to college, you gonna get a good job, mm. six figure job, right? All that. It's a place to be. It's what everyone should do. Your family's like, you gotta go to college, and then you find out, like, wait, this really wasn't for me. Like these student loans are benefiting y'all, facts, right? Facts, yep. The corporate trap. Go to school, get good grades, get a job, get a good government job, mm-hmm. right? This is for you, right. for you to live good, <laughs> right? Sure. Get a 401k. Yeah. But secretly, it's really for the big corporations and the government to have some wage earners and industrial class to support their big businesses, Ooh. right? The corporate yeah. trap, yeah. the corner trap. I got caught up 10 years in that thing, right, right. right? Made me think that, yo, this is my freedom. I'm being a rebel. I'm like Frank Lucas, Big Meech, right? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting it. This is the, the, the way I can blow money fast. But really, it was set up for me to get caught up in the correctional trap gotcha. in the system where I was cutting down trees in upstate New York for 13 cents a day. Right. Cheap labor, right? The correctional and corner Sheesh. trap, right? These are the, yeah. remember, a system or program that entices and entangles you, but secretly for the benefit of another. Mm. And then we got the culture trap. Right. Many of us, even as entrepreneurs, making legal money, fall into it where we're told, you know, well, buy this car, buy this chain, buy these jewels, buy these G's, these F's, these C's, all right. these logos, designers, all that things. And it looks good, it feels good. We get some benefit from it. Mm-hmm. It is enticing, it's yeah. alluring. Right, right, right. But it's secretly because the Gucci last name and the Louis Vuitton last name name and the Fendi last name is is getting really wealthy off of our our consumer dollars, right? So these are some of the many traps that we face Mm. in America that we get caught in. And so this podcast is about overachievers, entrepreneurs, amazing people who have been able to beat, circumvent, go through, and leverage all these infamous traps to become where they are today. This is a dope theme of a podcast. God, ah, yeah, yeah, I need to yeah, step yeah. my podcast theme up. Like, when I explain my podcast, it's like a sentence. You know what I mean? Like, that's good. Dang, that's dope. This is layers. Like Thank like you. It. I appreciate I like it. it. Yeah, we got an amazing team here. Thanks. Uh, shout out to Ernestine Morrison and E Trip Productions, Eugene Bush, King Clint, King Dana. Like, we really, we really did uh, mastermind around this. Again, inspired by you to say, what can we do to kind of level up this theme and not just be another? Right, entrepreneurial podcast. We don't want to be a sleepers for suckers part two. Yeah, for right? sure. We for want sure. to have our own kind of thing. And, and something that's true to me too, and, and true to my, my calling and my walk. I just want to point out the gate. You know what I mean? Just in case they missed the gate, 
We are in the trap. I don't know if you see like the private pro- property, no trap. We are in the trap. Like it's the it's the subtleties. You know, it's the there subtleties. Might be some gunshots ringing off in the back. You might have some crackheads walking. Like, you don't know what's happening in the trap, bro. Bro, if a crackhead walks in behind our interview, oh my gosh. Enter crackhead now. <laughs> <laughs> On cue, crackhead. Like, what y'all doing? Okay, I'm sorry. All right, awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, so when we know that we're facing a trap, what we do is like, all right, we don't want to just like go towards the trap. When mm-hmm. we see it's a trap there, we like to reverse engineer out sure. of that thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I like to approach business and life. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do, we're going to reverse engineer in this interview. Gotcha. So Let's before we start about, um, talk about where you started, mm-hmm. I want to talk about who you are today. So I'm gonna I'm gonna alley oop the mic to you, mm. and I want you to tell the world about you know what your platforms are, what you do today, who you are to the world today, um, the amazing things that you're doing um, currently, aspire to do. Um, who is David Shams? Um, I am. Uh, I guess you know my, my proudest accomplishment is husband and father. Uh, I'm I'm uh, maybe parenthood was a trap a little bit. Pause, 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 pause. But. Oh. Uh, bad place to pause before I can explain it. I think we should let the train go in the trap, man. You need a trap to oh, let the train sure. go. Oh, bro. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nice it's a little loud. Yeah, this show is loud. This show is rumbling. How often does the train come? Every hour. I want. Every hour. I don't want to say every hour, Gene. That's aggressive. <laughs> every few hours. No, one time it came like every 30 minutes. Hey. Okay. Whenever it wants to. Right. <laughs> you ready? All right. Cool. Um, yeah, so I think uh, even parenthood can be a trap because you you think, man, I'm had this wife and this kid and the baby is going to be the perfect family. Right. Easy. And they sell you on that. And thank God I was in a good position to be able to do all this, right? Um, you know, me and my wife, we took time, we didn't just rush into it. But I guess there's a lot of people that, because of the allure of marriage and motherhood or fatherhood, mm-hmm. you just rush into it. And then you realize, hold on, I don't even like this person like that. Oh my goodness, I, I'm not gonna be able to sleep. Right. Because <laughs> after you take the pictures for the gram, you have to actually be a parent. <laughs> so, and a husband. And a oh, for sure. So, um, no, nah, I think um, that is my greatest accomplishment wow. is growing through that. Because awesome. I believe marriage, one, is the greatest personal development that anybody can go through. Mm. Because, so, go ahead, tell me, because? Um, because it's... It's not just working on, like personal development, you can read a book and say, oh yeah, that ain't, okay, I I need to learn that. I need to grow in this area. But with somebody else that you don't think is even qualified to tell you about yourself because they don't know you as long as you knew you and they call you selfish, you're like, what you mean? Right. No, 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 you you just don't understand. Right. You're selfish for calling me selfish. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So um, I think um, that that it's the being able to, not it gives me an opportunity to not be selfish because it's not just me anymore right i can't just consider myself anymore i can't when someone calls and say hey dave can you come through i can't just say no even though i'm a grown man i feel like i've earned the right to do that right me too Um, but maturity says you have a whole family to consider Mm. and most of the times when i make the decision to choose my family it's always a better option i love spending time with my family so um yeah so just for, for those that's out there it's real work Whenever yeah. somebody glamorized about family and whatever you see in the storybooks, just be prepared to work on you. Right. The family trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell me this. Um, how long have you been married? I've been married for three years now. Three years? Three and father years. for how long? For seven months. Wow. Yeah. First one. Seven months. Didn't rush into it. No, 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 no. Yeah. So it took me, um, I almost, I, I mean, being younger, you would want to, but thank God I didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just in my youth. If I if I could have picked and said, hey, I want to have a baby, I would have said that. I would have said, yeah. But that would have been like giving my child a dis- it would have been a disservice. Yeah, I think right. a lot of times now is like, um, and I had a child young. I was uh, 17 mm-hmm. or 18, excuse me, when I had my daughter. And, you know, we did it. Yeah. But now being a 40-year-old father, it's like, yo, we're tripping. Right. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, like right. A, it's a whole job. Right. You never quite prepare for it. Right. You know what I mean? But um, 
I man, it's, it's it's really dope too, especially in business. Now that I have that area of my life, it's forcing me to level up and uh, like kind of collapse time frames. Mm. You know what I mean? So back when it was just me, I just work all day and we just get it done. But I've been able to accelerate in business because I have that part that says I got to be home by five o'clock. Structure. Man. I got to put all my time, energy, and attention into these few hours. I can't just take all these random meetings. I can't. Right. I, it, it like forces you to um, to to focus. You know what I mean? You work when you're working. You play when you play. You love when it's time to love. You're with your family when it's time to be with your family. And I'm learning to segment that and everything has been growing. That's dope. That's dope. What has been the hardest part about fatherhood? The hardest part about fatherhood. Um, what's the hardest part about fatherhood? I don't know if there's a hard. Or the biggest challenge you've, uh, you've experienced as a father. I don't think there's a challenge as a father. The challenge is balancing time. So I, I would think, I thought that quality time with my wife counted if the baby's there. It doesn't <laughs> like if, if, it's, if it's me, my that's wife, family time. Man, yeah, yeah, that's family time, but then you still gotta have like husband time, so right. like that balance of like attention. What about and, me? Right? <laughs> I'm like, yo, we just we just hung out yesterday. <laughs> no, no, I need my own time, so um, I think the hardest part is um, is listening to my wife. Because sometimes it is my first time, right? So I think I know the best way to do something because it's my baby. But now I'm I'm learning to be more humble and mm -hmm. listen to my wife because typically she's always right. She's always mm, right. He earning points. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> no, but I don't think there's a hard part about father. It's just just time. Or it's just it's just time. It's not when I'm with my baby. It's not like I don't know what to do. Like I just love on my baby. She cried. We figure out why she's crying. Right. But um, no, I don't. I don't think there's a hard part about father. Gotcha. In the position that I'm in right now. Right. You ask somebody who made a baby with the wrong person, they might have a different experience. Yeah. All right. So we got that layer who David Shams is, his biggest accomplishment, fatherhood, husbandhood, right? Mm -hmm. And in that part. Yes, and so sir. who else is David Shams? Uh, I am a man on a mission to help people uh, uncage their voices in the podcasting space. I found something that I absolutely love to do. Um, and I could do it. I could literally do it all day. We did like five episodes yesterday. And it, I wasn't tired. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. Right. The first time I did that, the, five, the most I've ever done is five. The first time I did, I'm like, ooh, this is it's a lot. <laughs> I was exhausted. I went home and crashed. But I mean, I did this five, did a meeting, and because I absolutely love it, and I just see where the world's going. I remember someone being a real passionate, like, yo, you need to buy Bitcoin right now, bro. Like right, right now, right. it's a thousand dollars. Buy it. I'm like, man, chill. I'm like, why are you so crazy about this thing? But that was in 2009 or 2011, and now we see what happened. Right. So I'm the person telling people podcasting, podcasting, pod like you need to start a podcast. These are the voices. I believe like no one's really going to be listening to music. Mm. Now I know people like love music, but I believe that there will be a shift. I don't know how long it's going to take. But people are so attracted to voices now. I mean, you listen to a song, it's a good song, but how long do you listen to that song? But you can listen to a, a podcast over and over and over. There's always more jewels. There's always right. uh, more interesting conversation. Yeah, and you get to, it's like people are giving their thoughts on a podcast, but the listener also gets to almost be in the conversation because they're in their car forming their own opinion, mm. talking to the podcast. We can't hear them. They can hear them, but it allows them to kind of join the conversation. So I just, just start a podcast. So you think it's the wave of the future? A hundred percent. You told 100%. me that with so much passion. like, Bro, if you started this a year ago, do you know where you would be with your voice and your message and your network? Don't tell me that. You're going to make me cry. Let's just talk. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm glad we're not having this conversation next year. Right. Because then we have the similar conversation next year. It's be worse. And say, yo, do you remember you started a year ago? Look what happened. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so what makes you um, a king and, and, and dominant presence in the podcast space? Um, obviously, could not help others unlock their voice, mm -hmm. and could just hoard the kingdom. Yeah. 
and just continue to grow, have less quote unquote competition or other competing voices, what makes you so selflessly say, hey, I want to help others unlock theirs? Where does that come from? Um, I would rather be Martin Luther King than John D. Rockefeller. Mm. I would rather be someone known for impacting a people than creating a financial legacy for my family, just me. If I had to choose one, right? I would much rather, I, I want my name to ring, not for someone that was wealthy, not for one that set up his family for generations and generations. Obviously that's a good goal, but if I had to pick one, I'd much rather have a holiday of somebody who really impacted the, the masses. So I can do one podcast myself and I see this thing coming and I want no competition. Right. There's not many people that are starting podcasts in this space uh, more, now more um, um, just that I'm seeing it from my perspective because I'm seeing a whole bunch of people that say, hey, Dave, you inspire me. Right. Right. But um, I, I just I want people to uh, make a decision today that grows so much fruit tomorrow. And they say, you know what, David was a part of that journey. If I can be talked about in rooms for that, I'm a happy man. Why? Um, I don't know. It's only so much I can do to be happy myself. I know it makes me happy. I don't, and I was just talking to my accountant. She's like, yo, you don't really spend a lot of money. You need to start spending some money. <laughs> but I don't need, it's not like a, a whole lot of stuff that I need. I would, I, it would make me feel happier to watch someone else go shopping because I help them than to me go buy something for myself. Right. That's just me. I don't know why God set it up that way for me. Yeah, it's really an abundance mentality. Mm -hmm. It's really a king mentality, right? It's like kings make kings. Yeah, right? 100%, 100%. Somebody said, uh, you're not really successful until you create success. When you help somebody else become successful. All right. Yeah. So your podcast is Social Proof. Social Proof Podcast. Yes, Social Proof Podcast. And um, tell us that how that started. Okay. Uh, well, you know how it started because you, you were on the, you were like episode <laughs> nine or something like that. Number eight. Yeah, number number eight, eight. Early in that thing. So... Um, I had this really cool idea to put on a conference. And I'm like, how do I promote the conference? Well, I was going to get a whole bunch of people that are, that are speakers to speak at the conference because if I have a bunch of successful speakers, I can sell the speakers to the audience and saying, hey, audience, look at who's going to be there and they'll buy tickets. And if I have enough people buying tickets, the speakers will be excited. Other speakers will say, hey, I want to be at the conference too because that's the joint everybody's talking about, but based on the people that I had. So I said, you know what? I'm, the tickets were slow. And I said, you know what? What's slow? They just weren't selling like that. Okay. So I put a flyer together. I mean, like 100 selling or like 13 selling? I don't remember. I just okay. remember the feeling of, I got to do something. Right. <laughs> I don't remember the numbers, right. but it was like maybe a few lit. dozen tickets. Yeah. And I'm like, these are amazing people. They don't know these people. And I was like, yo, uh, I'm going to start interviewing the people that are going to speak at the conference. Wow. Because if I can get people to know the people that are going to be speaking at the conference, if you can get to know them a little bit, you'll, love them. you'll say, yo, I love this person. I want to meet them. And that's what I'm banking on. So I started, it wasn't a podcast, which is me interviewing people on YouTube. I didn't even put it on audio. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's how it started. I just started interviewing the people that were going to speak at the event and people started liking the videos as it went according to plan and people started buying tickets. I'm like, oh, this is dope. But if it wasn't a conference, I wasn't interviewing people. Mm. And uh, I sat down with Troy and Rashad from Area Legion, shouts out to the guys. And it was like, man, you got a really dope thing going, man. I heard some of your interviews. Um, the only problem is you're not consistent. And I took it, I took it personally. Mm. I really took that personally. And what year was the first just videos for the conference? What year was that? 2018 to promote the 2019 conference. Okay. And then what year was it you sat down with the guys? 2019. Okay, it's so about a so year later. Yeah, about a year later. Sit down with Earn Your Leisure and you're yep. like... Yeah, because they was like, yo, we watch, some of your we watch your interviews. And he said, uh, they interviewed Alex, Good Energy. And it was like, yo, we... Troy was like, yo, I watched your interview to prepare me for Alex, you mm. know, for our interview. And he said, man, you, you, got, you got a gift, man. You're just not consistent with it. 
and just went back to eating his food. It wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't as if he was like, like trying to teach me or coach me or nothing like that. He just, it just came out of his mouth. And I said, oh, Stung a little that, bit. that's how you see me. Mm. That's what I got from that. Oh, that's how you see me. You see me as inconsistent. You're and not guy. even on the podcast. I took it as you see me as an inconsistent person. I said, okay, got it. So I, went, I, have a, I have a morning meetup call and I came on there. I said, yo, I'm going to take this podcast seriously. And if I ever come on this call and I don't release a podcast that week, I'm going to come on here and give away $500 every single week. Wow. I never had to give away the $500. So that's how it started. Gotcha. So at that point, you started doing interviews, also uploading the audio mm -hmm. as well as video yep, and then yep, formally yep. podcast. Yeah, out here. for sure. For sure. And, and early on, I just, I, I did have a podcast um, but Brandon put it together because at that time he was like my videographer and my partner. And he was like, we're going to take clips from your old speeches because he's recording all my speeches. He's like, you're going to take clips and put it up and it'd be a podcast. He's the he's the first person. I was like, what is I didn't even know what a podcast was, honestly. Mm -hmm. but he was doing it for a little while, even before I started sitting down with people on the interviews. And here we go. I just think back to all the content and interviews and all the things I've done, man, and just start throwing some of them in your podcast. This same podcast? Yeah. Or another one? Nah. Do it like every every Monday, every Friday or something like that. It could be a clip of, you know, like one of your corner classes. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like right now I have a podcast with, uh, like I interview guests and I have one with Donnie. And um, we take clips from previous interviews and we post those too. But um, I'm going to start dropping these Dorito Day videos on the podcast. Just a, It's kind of like a snack and between the weeks. Mm, just give them some more. Yeah. Some if more I was, audio. Yeah, absolutely. If I was doing, if I was still doing like speaking gigs, I don't do as many like that, but um, yeah, I would just drop them in there. It's just awesome. content for your li listeners to feast on. So outside the box, you got the, the husband space, mm -hmm. the fatherhood space, yes, podcast king. Yes, sir. And growing. Yeah. And uh, podcast advocate. That's a fact. Right? You're That's like the fact. national podcast ambassador. <laughs> right? The Absolutely. global podcast ambassador. Absolutely. Right? And so what other entrepreneur ventures are um, you currently involved in or working on? Good. Uh, I'm building a podcasting studio. Okay. So we should uh, be open December 8th. That's my birthday. That's, okay. You can't control contractors. So that's why I I'm always... <laughs> normally I can say, this is what we're going to do. But when you got contractors, it's like... When they're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they decide to put these floors down. Um, but yes, uh, podcasting studio. I have what's called the morning meetup where every single morning, Monday through Friday, we get together and we teach entrepreneurship. So we'll have a theme for the month. And then every call every week supports the theme of the month. Mm. And I just realized, let me ask you this question. Sure. Where would you go? Where would you go if you wanted to meet up with like-minded people Every day, like four or five hundred of them. Every day, where would you go? The morning meetup. Outside of morning meetup. Okay. No, seriously. Um, man, four or five hundred networking. I mean, it, it'd have to be like some kind of Facebook group, maybe, or like some kind like of like you could see them in video. Like, I don't see a place. There's nowhere on earth. I didn't realize how magical and how powerful that was until like last week. Wow. There's nowhere else a person can go and look at people live, four or 500 people every single morning. Now, I think Clubhouse, you can have a uh, an audio experience. Mm -hmm. um, you can see people's posts on social media, but like a collective where we're all growing together. Right. No and it's based on like a rhythm and a kind of a curriculum yeah. and kind of a theme. Yeah, and, it's and, really and amazing. A culture. And it's a book club. So we take a book. And we read a chapter of it every day. And we, so we'll read a chapter Monday night and then Tuesday morning, we'll discuss the chapter together. So everybody kind of just chimes in on, okay, what they, what they got from this chapter. We're literally all on the same page. Literally. Wow. Literally on the same literally. page. Literally. It's crazy. How long is it in the mornings? Um, from, it's supposed to be from 8.15 to 9 o'clock, but we all jump on at 7.45 and do a book club till about 8.10. And then the conversation, whatever the topic is, until nine o'clock. So about an hour. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I remember it from years ago. Yeah. And it was smaller. It's amazing, bro. It's amazing. And you so, organically yeah. just grew that thing. I mean, the, yeah. 
And so 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 interesting, like uh that uh you said was Troy from EYL was like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not consistent, you weren't consistent in yeah. that in that podcast space, but you've been consistent in the morning meetup space and absolutely like that that consistency has really been like the foundation for me uh, outside in of your brand and, and your business. Absolutely. I try to pride myself on consistency. Maybe that's why I take it so personally. The end when I so I have a t-shirt brand, Sleepers for Suckers, mm-hmm. geared towards entrepreneurship and people that lose sleep doing what they love. Is that and, one of the shirts? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the entrepreneur. It's the phonetic spelling of entrepreneur. Okay. <laughs> you need to do one with legacy, like a different way of spelling it. And yeah. Like, what is that? Legacy? Oh, I like that. All right. So I um the, the the start of a successful journey in entrepreneurship started with this brand. So I started this brand in 2012. But I think I got the job. No, 2010. I started brand in 2010. I think I started the job in 2000, late, late 2007, 2008, something like that. And I was, before then, I've always tried to do entrepreneurship stuff. I had a network marketing, every company, I was a part of it. I didn't sold everything you could imagine. Gotcha. I was in the Juices. Tra- yeah, yeah. I did sell weed. I wasn't really good at it. But, uh, <laughs> I sold enough to like eat every day. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't a successful career. I didn't at all. know that day. I know that day sprinkled in the car. I was traveling. traveling you know what I'm saying? I, you know, back you in the 125s and all that. Okay. I know about the 125s. Look, I was selling nicks and dimes. So <laughs> I don't think those exist. <laughs> so listen, let's put a pause in that. There's still some dimes. I don't know. Somewhere, some hood, somewhere. <laughs> There's some tray bags being sold somewhere in some hood. I guarantee you, the three dollar bag being sold. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to get into that. So, all right, boom, we know who David Shands is. Oh, right let me tell you my story. Okay, right, real yeah. quick, real quick. This, this, this is important now. Okay. But I was, I was just trying to mess stuff, and it ties into the consistency there. Okay. But when I got the job at, at the Cheesecake Factory, I realized that um, I realized that my career in jobs have followed my career in business, mm-hmm. meaning I'll do something for a short period of time and stop. So when I worked at the Cheesecake Factory, I realized every job I had before then, I've only been in for 10 months. It's like this 10-month curse. I was looking back at my career. I'm like, every job, no longer than 10 months. You're like, comes coming to a year. For sure. I ain't feeling that. And I was thinking that was because I'm just, I'm an entrepreneur and jobs can't hold me. But I realized looking at my entrepreneurial career, I'll do something for about 10 months and stop. Mm. Right? So I told myself, I'm not doing anything in business. I'm just going to work at this job, but I'm going to work here for at least a year. And that's hard for someone who thinks they're a rock star entrepreneur. And that was Cheesecake Factory. That was Cheesecake Factory. So that laid the foundation of me like sticking somewhere. Let me lock in. Let me perfect my craft as a server. And then I'm going to start entrepreneurship. So, gotcha. um, yeah. So that, that that was the foundation of my realization of, yo, I need to be a consistent person, not just consistent in different things. Would you say that you constantly self-reflect? Because that seems like a lot of, like, auto-correction. 100%. 100%. Right. Where'd that come from? Um, Everybody I think probably. I think probably the environment that you're around, you think you're doing well until you get around people that are doing well. Like, I have an event space. But when I walk into the Legacy Center, it's like, <laughs> it's easy to, like, what if I'm always hanging around people who don't have an event space? Then I'm the man. Right. I'm on top I'm of the hill. Uh, but I come to the Legacy Center, I'm like, yo, you can fit my event space in this part of your event space. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps you humble. And you're like, okay, well, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. So if, if my business is growing, if I'm around people who don't have a business at all, I'm king. But if there are people that are like super excelling, it's like, okay, I some there's something that I'm doing wrong. Right. So that that's kind of where my self-reflection comes gotcha. from. And yeah. instead of being jealous or envious about that, yeah. uh, being prideful about it, being in your feelings about it, you use it to kind of challenge yourself or 100%. reflect. Absolutely. And my wife, she keeps me humble. She does not bite her tongue <laughs> on where I need to improve. <laughs> your wife will keep you humble. And we need that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We need that. That's a part of that yeah, personal yeah. development thing, man. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so we, we get uh, a large part of who David Shans is today. I don't think we can even encapsulate that really in one mm-hmm. full interview, all of what you do. And um, you mean a lot to, to the culture. Um, and I, I just love the story in general. But now let's go to the beginning right now. So reverse, so we, we got where we're at. All right. Now let's go back to the beginning. How did David Shans grow up? Where and what was growing up like? Uh, Wellingboro, New Jersey, South Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, man. <laughs> Had my mom and my dad. My mom would leave every few years, though, and take me with her. Okay. And uh, she took you where? 
Georgia. We come down to Georgia. My aunt and my cousins out here, and we'll leave for a few months. Then we'll go back. My mom and dad will make up and go back to New Jersey. Um, played basketball pretty much my whole life. Um, Do you feel that had any impact on you? What? Your mom and your dad uh, splitting, making up, going back. Yes, 100%. Even to this day, because I, I trust people to be humans as I see them. So I see most humans aren't going to do what they say they do. Mm. If someone steals from me, it's somewhat expected. Mm. If someone gets over on me, it's just you're a human. I get it. I ain't mad at you. Um, but I think the back and forth taught me that you can't trust what you can't trust someone's relationship today. Because I look at my mom and my dad, they're together, and I'm like, wow, they love today. Each other. No, oh, my, my, my father passed away okay. in 2010. Rest in peace. Yeah, but um, yeah. So the back and forth, and you just you don't get attached to people. Mm. You know what I mean? I've always been attached to my parents, right? But I think that showed me that someone can leave at any time out of your life and there's nothing you can do about it. You can wow. cry over it or... You, you think it made you guarded as you went through life and relationships? 100%. 100%. Like, yeah, I'm rocking with you, but yeah. you might dip. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I'm not prepared for it. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Any, you know, anybody, whether it's my, uh, my best friend, my spouse, my, 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 my employees, I understand it. You're a human. You're a human. You might do some human stuff. Yeah. So the good news is it protects me. That mindset protects me because I don't I don't have too many highs and lows. I'm not like easily disappointed or fall into depression. Mm. But it's not necessarily good for the people around me because people will be able to feel it too. Yeah. And I'm not gonna put up a big fight if someone wants to leave out of my life. Wow. Which is, it's dangerous for relationships. Sometimes you got to fight. Have you had a situation like that? I haven't. But maybe I'm only answering that question because I haven't made it a big deal in my head. Maybe. Right. Has it been a, a best friend or a girlfriend or a business partner, somebody that's been close that kind of abruptly... Let, not even abruptly, but just where there was a separation. Yeah, of just, course. Of course, absolutely. And you're just like, you know what? I'm not. All right. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. 100. Absolutely. But it's not yeah, like, wait, wait, let's figure this out. Yeah. Don't, don't go. Let's just figure this out. You're not making an extra effort to? A little effort. A little effort. I mean, it's a, <laughs> you don't have to go, but if, what if you do? You know what I mean, I want you to know that. I told this one guy this one time, and this was, this was, Looking back, it was like a really terrible thing to do. And we were together for like a good little minute and something happened and I completely was just, I was just out of it. And I told her, I said, you know, she's crying. And I thought I was being sensitive, but I said, here's, <laughs> I said, you know what? Here's the good news. Eventually you're going to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get over this. You're gonna be happy. You're gonna find somebody else. And she's crying, and she just can't believe this is coming out of my mouth. That was the most insensitive thing <laughs> another human can say to somebody. And I didn't see nothing wrong with it because I thought it of it as encouragement. Because wow. I'm putting my belief on the fact that tomorrow it's probably all that personal development. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're gonna be fine. Just <laughs> when you fall, you pick yourself back up. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but. Peace family, it's Jay Morrison, and I want to invite you to make history with me by joining the waiting list for this first-of-a-kind video textbook. That's right, an interactive video textbook experience that will allow you to learn real estate in seven different ways. This book was designed by me to help you become a real estate power player in real life. All you got to do is join the waiting list right now, and I'm going to give you a free 20-minute mini lesson plus business plan and workbook to allow you to begin your journey in real estate and learn how to become a real estate entrepreneur. Guys, I started 
20 years ago. This is my 20th year victory lap in the real estate industry. I started as a loan officer at 21 years old, making a lowly 30% commission. And now I've worked my way to become an international fund manager of the largest black-owned real estate crowd fund in the history of America. Guys, I want to give you the game and show you and teach you real estate in seven different learning styles through this interactive, first-of-its-kind video textbook. Join the waiting list today. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've been like that all life. Gotcha. Do you aspire to open up and be a little different? Not really, Jay. No? Not really. You like that. You like that guard. Because it protects me. Because <laughs> I see people that like lose it over someone leaving or and they're depressed and they're hurt and they can't believe it. And I'm like, fam, next year you're not even going to think about the person. I know that. Right. But thinking? right now it hurts so bad. And I don't want to hurt. That's part of being human too. It is. It is. Do you think you miss out on some connection because of that? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. 100%. You're aware of that. I'm aware. I'm <laughs> 100% aware. I can't go to I can't go to certain places with people emotionally. So I've had some people that are my clients and obviously in business it's a lot of emotion stuff in it. You know what I mean? And I'm just not good in that department. Gotcha. I can't consult I'm, I'm getting better with my words because I know it. I'm a little more intentional, but I'm still not. Yeah, I, I don't know if I desire to have that. I should, but you know, what right. you gonna do? You know, you're human. You're working. Yeah. Going through life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. So okay, Will and Burrow, we getting into basketball now. Yes, sir. All right, Rob. What age is this? Well, all I, I, I don't know. Like, I always hooped. Yeah, I always hooped. I was always always hooped. All right. So um, you're going through school. Did you aspire to have a particular career as you're going through middle school, high school? Did you see yourself being entrepreneur, a certain professional. Uh, Man, it was really whatever my- league, what was it? It was really all my, everything to my environment. Whatever environment I was in, I wanted to be that. Gotcha. So that's why I have such a hard time with podcasting because I always want to do whatever the person's doing, right? right. So <laughs> I had a life-size life uh, Allen Iverson poster on my wall. I just knew I was going to the NBA. Right. I worked hard and I was, I was a real, I was a hooper, man. And then um, did really good in high school, went back home and everybody was selling drugs. So, so weed. And I was like, well, we, this could, this could afford us a nice life at the chains and <laughs> the cars and stuff like that. Again, I just wasn't really good at it, but my mom sent me to college and that's when I, uh, I got around a bunch of people. Well, before that, all my friends were rappers. So when I went to college, I linked up with other rappers and I wanted to be a rapper. Gotcha. Were you and still selling weed then? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I got caught with such a little bit, and I had to go to jail for a little bit. I was only there for a few hours. I don't want to tell the, it was a it was a story that like let me know I was not supposed to be in jail, but um, like they could have. This could have been like episode of Scare Straight. Me and my boy, we go in like we're we're in a little hole in the cell or whatever. Trap stories. And um, yeah, so we're we're kind of talking, like kind of using the phone stuff like that. And then my boy gets out because, you know, somebody comes and get him. So how and, did you get in there, though? Bruh, I was in the car with one of my boys. And for some reason, narcotics police were following him. He wasn't selling a whole lot of weed either. So I don't even know how. Anyway, we were in the car. I probably had maybe $40 worth of weed on me. Okay. But we got to go down. We got to go down because we've got it now. This is when weed was illegal. Okay, so cops pull you over? Yeah, they pull us over. Like, yep. was it like blue and white lights or was it like undercover? It was like, undercover. Yeah, it was like, it was like they, I don't know if they, it was a black car. I don't know if they put the joy on like in the movie, like, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> something came, like, <laughs> came on. And yeah, so they pulled us over and we get out and, you know, where I'm trying to get it out of my pocket and throw it on the ground. They're like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> I'll try to get rid of it. My boy, before he pulled out, he's like, yo, those are narcotics police. He's like, yo, you got to eat that weed. I'm like, I'm not eating the weed. What are you talking about? I would like, oh, oh, definitely ate the weed. <laughs> it was in bags. You know, I didn't have time to like, like take it out. And I, anyway. Okay. So yeah, they take us down. I am just nervous. And so we're in the hotel. My boy gets out and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm trying to make these phone calls. So I go to the phone. It's like, this is the phone. And there's a room with a door. And all I hear is, do, 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 do. Oh, I just hear all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, let's find that, <laughs> that door. Like, this is crazy. And so then the door opens and it gets obviously louder. You just say, this one guy comes out um, like, like limping. You know what I mean? Like, 
limping. You see blood everywhere. They're, car- they're like walking him out. And in my mind, I'm like, he lost. Yeah, so he takes it, and then another guy comes out hype, and they're like they're restraining him too, and they're pulling out. I'm like, oh, that that guy won for sure. (laughs) So I'm like, you know, it's still a bunch of noise and stuff like that. And we're in Alabama, we're in Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, so this is not Jersey. This is Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, so you OT with it? Oh, I was in college. I went to school in Alabama, and I'm a college student. All right. So, so where'd you, where'd you go to school? Alabama A&M. Okay. Yes, in Huntsville. Oh, so Alabama so close the door, yeah. So gotcha. it kind of dies down a little bit, but you can still hear. And um, the, this one guy, you could tell he was an inmate, but he was like cleaning. And he could tell I was nervous. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, that's what happens when you, when, you, uh, when you run your mouth or something like that. And I wanted to say, hey, man, I'm not going to say that to nobody. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what y'all talk about. But anyway, the, the cop comes by and... Um, like, you know, you know, he's like, yo, are you down on the phone? And I'm like, uh, yeah, but yo, bro. And I try to say it on the low, like, yo, am, am, I, am I going in there? <laughs> so he starts laughing, and the other inmate with the broom, he started laughing too. And I'm like, they're laughing, but I am very, very serious. And he's like, nah, you're not going in there. But then I got instantly more nervous because they know... What was that? Uh, half baked, where, there's, where the dude was called fish or something like that. Yeah. Like fish, like you, you're 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 gonna be lunch for them today. And I was like, dang, they already know I'm nervous, so I I, I gotta hurry up and get out of here. But <laughs> that was that was my I'm never ever doing anything illegal ever again in right. life. I'm done. <laughs> Y'all can call me a thug. The crazy part was I was a rapper and I had gangster lyrics. It was crazy. <laughs> I was a I was a whole thug in my raps. And then a whole I st- thug in your raps. Got in there four hours. Bruh, I stopped rapping at that. <laughs> that was the end of my rap career. I don't ever want to say anything, gangs. I don't want nobody to mistake me as a thug. Right. I am out of this. And um, yeah, so I was, I was done with that. All right, so you're done selling weed. Done. Done rapping. I, bro, I stopped smoking weed at that point. I said, I'm good. <laughs> I get caught for that. I don't want no parts of that. What year college was that? That was uh, 2013, oh, man, maybe my my freshman or sophomore year. I only went for two years, so it was one of those years. Yeah, I was out of that. Okay, so you went to college for two years? Yeah, two years. Didn't graduate? Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. I actually went to college for three years, but I'm technically still a freshman. I didn't do good at school at all, bro. At all. Did you uh, take uh, loans to go to college, scholarship? Of course. Of course. Loans? How, how much in loans? The trap. Uh, about 30000 Okay. About 30000 all right. So then you went to college two and a half, three years, mm-hmm. um, left school in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And then went where? Came back here to uh, Georgia and um, just got a job and just started doing network marketing and anything I could do to make some money. And then eventually I was working at Olive Garden and a security job. I had both jobs. And I got fired from the Olive Garden, ironically, for stealing cheesecake. <laughs> But everybody was doing it. You know, it was like I just stole. My mom, my grandma, and my aunt came in. I gave them a piece of cheesecake. I didn't ring it in. My manager, he saw it and fired me. But then I got a job at the Cheesecake Factory, and that's when everything changed for me. Gotcha. So cheesecake played an important part of your life. Oh, (laughs) huge, huge. Special relationship with Cheesecake. All right. So Cheesecake Factory, that's a job that you were going towards 10 months and said, you know what, I'm going to supersede 10 months. I'm going to stick with something. I'm going to work here at least a year. Gotcha. And you started being an entrepreneur I always, I always start entrepreneurship, but I didn't, I didn't do anything entrepreneurial necessarily in that year because I wanted to prove to myself that I can, like, focus on something. So I wound up being there for six years total. Wow. In the last two and a half years, I started the T-shirt brand Sleep is for Suckers, and um, two and a half years later, I was able to leave. So wow. I was there for six years total, though. So you started in what year, Cheesecake Factory? I started in 2000 and... Uh, oh, it had to be 2006 then. 2006, because I left October 2012. Yeah, started, started late 2006, yeah, absolutely. And then the full-time, the brand, Sleepers for Suckers. Yeah, I got a kiosk in the mall. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. kiosk in what mall? Uh, Cumberland. Cumberland Mall. Cumberland Mall, yeah. Selling your T-shirts and yeah, brand. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I had the backseat boutique for a long time where I just got shirts in my truck, I pull up on you and sell them, and then people started coming to my house, and I'm selling out of, like, out of the Cheesecake Factory and all that kind of stuff. And um, I was like, yo, if I can get, if I can keep selling these T-shirts out of my house, if I get a location in the mall, I just tell all the people that's coming to me now, just meet me at the mall, and I have mall traffic. And I never seen anybody build their brand out of a mall. You know oh, what I mean? that was dope. So it worked out. Gotcha. And then that led into the conference and kind of podcasting interviewing. How, well, how did that segue happen from just a T-shirt guy, so to speak, 
to now. So well, here's the brand. story. Um, again, I got around all these authors and I had this idea to be an author. Yeah, you know, whatever, whatever you want to be, if you get around it long enough, like I'll hang, so we doing the joint at Greenlit and I'm around Ernestine for a year or so. And I was like, oh, I want to be an actor. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you, these interviews are dangerous, bro. I be want to do everything that my guests pulled everywhere. Oh, bro. You want to be a trucker? You want to be Airbnb? Wanna... I sent my wife through the trucking course. We actually just got our first Airbnb. It's, it's, it's all over the place. But um, but the point is, I uh, I had a store in South Dakota Mall. Okay. A sleepless for sucker store, like my own store, right? And uh, we're selling a brand out of there. And I was there for maybe... Uh, maybe six months or so, eight months. And then the mall said that I have to leave that location and go to another one. Mm. So we had, we had the, well, so the contract says that the mall can kick me out with a 30 day notice. Right. So before I signed it, I did my due diligence. I had prepaid legal. I said, it's my (laughs) prepaid legal attorney. And it was like, yo, there's a line here that says that they can, they can terminate your contract 30 days. So I I take it back to the lady like, Hey man, the contract, I need you to remove this part because I don't want to build this thing and you can take it. And she said, well, the space that you're going to, nobody's been there for six years. You know, it's not the cab mall. It ain't, right. it ain't lit. So <laughs> she's like, you know, nobody's been there for like like five or six years. So I doubt anybody's coming there. So don't worry about that line. Don't worry about it. I put about $30,000 into that store with inventory, build out, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, a few months later, DTLR, which been there for 15 years, they're down the hall. They say, yo, we want that guy's spot. They got me. But the cool part is during that time, I'm writing my book, but I never finished it. But when the store had to shut down, because they tried to move me to another place, but I was like, yo, I'm done with all this. But when the store shut down, I was able to finish my book. And when I finished my book, um, I released it. People loved it. And they started coming to me for speaking engagements and coaching and teaching and stuff like that. So that started my career as a um, as a speaker or influencer, influencer. right? Mm-hmm. What's the name of the book, by the way? Uh, Dreams are built overnight. Dreams are built overnight. How to create a bridge between your day job and your daydream. So I'm teaching a story on how I went from working at Cheesecake Factory to full-time entrepreneurship. But what was crazy, and I didn't realize it at the time, was if that store wasn't taken, which made a lot of money, if I didn't lose the store, I would have never finished my book. If I had never finished my book, I wouldn't have went on tour with Eric Thomas and Inky Johnson and all the greats. And if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't be into the coaching space and I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing right now. So right. the best thing that could have happened was um, that seemingly negative situation. Right. I, I hear that a lot of times during these interviews um, that a lot of our quote-unquote failures mm. or, or obstacles actually were setups. Oh, for sure. Or, for a lot of our big players. But you don't know it in the moment. It right. sucks in the moment. Right. You're you crying in the moment. Right. And yeah. you're actually like praying to God to give you a sign and make a way. Right. He's making a way, but it doesn't look like the way that exactly. you thought it should look like. And exactly. now you're like, no, I don't want to do it that way. Yeah. But he has like a whole blessing for you 100%. on the other side. Which reinforced my belief that, yo, I don't I don't get too upset about anything now. Even when people leave right. my life, I'm, I understand that there's something's, something's happening right now. And whatever it is, good or bad, it will feed a later success. I understand that. Right. I get it. All right. So this part of our interview, we go to what we call our trap transition, right? Or excuse me, our trap analysis. Okay. Right. So my trap analysis uh, of David Shands, mm-hmm. former trapper, former corner trapper, sure. <laughs> the weed man. <laughs> so David Shands beat the corner trap, sure. right? Because mind you, if you were a good drug dealer, Right? Let my you... raps tell it. I'm right. moving shipments. Bales. <laughs> <laughs> you moving them things. <laughs> you got the Cali Connect and all that. Raps oh, tell it. Bro. Right. So, so had David <laughs> Shan's uh, corner boy career kicked off, or his rap career kicked off, sure. right? You're not. You wouldn't be the podcast king. No. You wouldn't be here even challenging me to do this podcast and impacting so many others, mm-hmm. right? So David Shan's beat the corner trap. Mm-hmm. David Shands uh, took on some student loan debt, but didn't get sucked into college being his way out and mm-hmm. beat the college trap. Mm-hmm. David Shands uh, showed some consistency in working for Cheesecake Factory, mm-hmm. but leveraged that to build self-development and some consistency in his life 100%. and beat the corporate trap and has uh, obviously become every 
thing that we all have heard and you guys see today. So you beat multiple traps ah, in real life. I didn't even know. I appreciate it. Bro. Everybody thought I was just a cheesecake factory story in a corporate <laughs> trap. Nah, he was a trapper trapper. Oh, nice. <laughs> he didn't eat the weed though. He just ate the weed. <laughs> Yo, can I be the, the name of this podcast? Eat the weed. <laughs> That's eat funny. The weed. Man, I forgot about this story. Oh man, God, I remember man. some knocks oh, jumped out on me and I was selling Coke. Got some 20 bags of Coke. And I had them actually in an um, a orange, um, one of those tubes you pop mm -hmm. open, whatever candy goes in those tubes, mm -hmm. I forgot. But I had my, my bags, my 20, I always had like 620s on me. Mm -hmm. And they popped out on me, I was going to see one of my customers and I just <laughs> swallowed them things. Did you really? Yeah, swallowed the bags of Coke. One, I apparently busted, like my opened up in my stomach. So I had like, I was like sweating and like all that. But I ended up like using the bathroom later, uh, flushed them out, rinsed them off, and went back to the block. Hold on. Oh, so they came out whole. Yeah. They were in the corners of sandwich baggies. The narcos jumped out on me. Uh, they literally were grabbing me. I just popped them joints, swallowed them. And this is after I had already served a year in prison. So, like, that was the route. It was like I kept them in my cheek or in a, in a tube. I swallowed them and went home. Did my, my number two, flushed them joints off, and went back to the block. Wow. You said one of them busted open. Yeah. That, it, it still was in there, but it was wet. It was like, yeah. In real life, I, I, was, I was that kind of trapper. Goodness gracious. I was committed to the game. <laughs> but Goodness the thing is, if I was a better drug dealer, I wouldn't even be here today. So That's what's up. as good as I thought I was, I wasn't even that good. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So that was our trap analysis. Now we're going to talk about um, your trap transition. Okay. All right. So give us, during these multiple traps you beat, what was a defining aha moment? Right, I think you kind of gave it just a little bit with that story, <laughs> right? For sure, in, in, for in sure. a jail cell in mm -hmm. regards to the corner trap. But um, so so we we got that aha moment, I believe, right? Like yeah. you knew, like yo, I'm done with that corner stuff, and I'm done with my rap career too. Yeah, for sure. Totally. I, I'm not about being in I'm these cells. I'm a fraud. Yeah. I am a fraud. <laughs> So David Shands. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. <laughs> Let's talk about um, what was a defining moment in your in your corporate trap uh, days that you knew was like an aha moment or just day revelation epiphany where it's like, yo, I know I'm out. Good. Um, so uh, I think it went from I knew that people didn't like. I'm saying I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be successful. I'm gonna leave this job, and I could tell that they didn't believe it. Mm because I'm right there with them. But they only didn't believe it because I think they could tell that I didn't wholeheartedly believe it. I would say it like, yo, I'm about, man, I'm gonna get rich off this joint. Right. Make $100,000 and get a Lambo. Right. <laughs> talk it all that talk. Right. Rap lyrics. <laughs> so, I, I, but the only reason they didn't believe it was because I didn't believe it. And then I started to say it with a little more authority as I'm working. And then they, it's not that they believed I was going to leave and be successful, but they didn't not believe it. Mm. So they would say stuff like, yo, man, you need somebody to do a photo shoot with you. I got you. No problem. Because I'm, right. I'm still working. You're, like, you're then, doing something different than we're doing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It was the activity. But then it got to a point where I 100%, it was without a shadow of a doubt, I knew I, I knew, like, you just give me, like, eight months, and I'm out of here because there's so much activity going on, and I truly believed it. And then the people that I told that I was leaving and this is going to be the biggest brand in the world, they started to believe it. Mm -hmm. So I went from them not believing because I didn't believe. But eventually they believed when I believed it, and you mm -hmm. could feel that. Gotcha. You, you know how people say, yo, I'm about to launch this. Most people say, yo, I'm, I'm going to do this podcast, and, and I'm, I'm telling you we have the biggest show in the world. I feel that you don't believe it. But when you got on the channel and said, yo, I'm going to do 20 and, you know, I'm going to do 20 in 20 days. And then you say it in front of a bunch of people. And then your reputation's on the, on the line. You're like, yo, my people need this. I felt, I knew you was going to do it. That's why you was like, yo, what are you going to lose? I don't even know what we can put on the line because I know you're going to I'm going to show up. I know you're going to show up. But I, I believed it because I knew you believed it. Right. But most people don't, they say, well, people ain't believing in my dream. Let me check your own belief. And right. your belief can only really be checked by your activity. So if you keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it and you're not doing it, I know you don't believe the thing that you're talking about. Right, you're a talker. You're a talker. You're not a walker. Come on, bro. So was there a, was there a day or like a time where you just remember like, uh, yo, they, they believe in me or I believe in myself. Or like, yo, I'm really out of here. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it, it wasn't it wasn't like an overnight. It was just gradually, gradually, every day, consistently, consistently. Gotcha. So last last thing, this was my transition. I'm working five days on my job and two days on this business, and I set a goal to make hundred dollars on each off day. So all I got to do is at twenty, I'm selling twenty dollars t-shirts at this point. I got to sell five t-shirts every off day. I'm right. like, I can do that because I'm not super. I'm not like a, a hustler like that. Like, but I know two days a week I can make some sales. So I started hitting that goal of making $200 a week, meaning $100 on each off day. So I called my boss. I'm like, yo, I'm my manager. Hey, can I work four days a week and have off three? I'll work a double on one of those days so I'm still fulfilling my five shift obligation. He said, sure, no problem. I'll schedule you that way. Because I knew if I could make $200 on two off days, if I had a third off day, I'd be able to make $300 a week. Right. So I started hitting that, $100 on each off day, three days a week. I called him back. Called How much you make on your on days at Cheesecake? I wasn't even counting them. Mm. Because my whole plan was based on this, these off days. So obviously I'm making other money on the sales, but like some days it'll be, if I'm off the next day, people want to buy something, I'm like, buy it tomorrow. <laughs> I need it for my numbers. Right. But I started making the $100. I mean, I mean at Cheesecake Factory, how much are you making there? Oh, on the job? Yeah. Oh, about $600 a week, six to $800 a week. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're trying to, are you, were you trying to match that in your, in your off day? My idea was, more? well, no, it was just based on, I just, if I can make this money consistently, I'm going to quit. If I can match my job, or I wanted to like triple my job, that was my idea. But I'm like, as soon as I felt confident, I'm leaving. Right. So, um, yeah, so I started making the $300 on each off day. So I called my manager back. Like, yo, I take me down to three, three days. I need to be part-time. If I have to, I'll work doubles on all those days. But I need four days off because I believe in this day. Like, I have a business that's growing, and I cannot let my job stand in the way. Mm. And my manager was like, cool, because you like what I do. I think my manager bought some shirts from me. So I started making $400 a week on the off days. And that that momentum, eventually, by the time I quit my job, I was, I wasn't, I was giving away my shifts and I wasn't working much anyway. Right. So that taught me every single goal that I have, I have to have not only a goal, but a plan. So that was a strategy on how to leave. Right. So you kind of phased out the yeah, corporate I trap. I didn't quit off emotion. Most people are like, I'm quitting because I hate my job or I'm not made to be an employee. You're an idiot. Just <laughs> You need to have a plan because if you ain't making no money while you have a job, you're probably not going to make no money if you don't have a job because mm. them days get long as a full-time entrepreneur. Mm. Long. You start washing dishes and you got to run errands. And yeah, I ain't busy enough. Out. I ain't got no emails going. No Nothing going. happening. So, yeah, that, that was my transition. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So we're going to segue into uh, you being in the trap seat. This is our hot seat. Okay. And our first part of the trap seat is what we call trap blown, right? So trap blown is where you get an opportunity to blow our minds okay. right here in the trap. And you can pick, right? So uh, you can tell us a story of yours that is like just something amazing that you've done, accomplished, someone you met, just something that you've done and you're like, yo, I can't even believe that I've done this, or I've made this amount of money, or I've accomplished this goal, or something to that effect, or you can give us, actually, I want both. I want that first. Give me that. Give us that. Something that, like, even in your own life has blown your mind or will blow our minds regardless of something that you did in real life. Um, it, it may not seem huge like that, but uh, I don't remember the last time I put $5 in my gas tank. And the reason that is like so significant for me is because I remember a time where I I had like I had like 10 bucks, right? And I needed some gas, but I didn't eat that day. Mm. And I'm like, yo, what am I going to do? I think I was out of shift at the at Olive Garden or whatever. So I knew I was gonna make some money the next day, but today I got 10 bucks. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get a little bit of gas, get a little bit of food. You know what I mean? Like yeah. McDonald's or whatever. So I put $5 in my tank. You know you're watching it. Like, you slow down. <laughs> you slow out at $4.91. And you start hitting that joint. And I put $5 in. And I don't know what came over me. But it was like a feeling of disgust. I was disgusted. I'm like, I am a grown man. <laughs> a grown man. Putting $5 in my gas tank. And I think maybe I was disgusted too because I'm, I'm kind of a little bit in the personal development too. So I'm like working on my mind. I'm like, yo, I can't believe I'm in this position right. where I got to choose whether I can put gas in my car or I can eat. And um, that day I decided I will never, 
ever put five dollars in my gas tank. Ten mm. maybe, fifteen. A dub. <laughs> a dub. But I, I decided that day I would never ever be that man that has to put five dollars in his tank. So right now, when I go get gas, I, I don't even look at the sign. You put the tank in there, and then just. Hit the little, the little lock, the auto thing. And then get in your car and wait for it to fill up. Right. I, I, I'm not watching the numbers. Right. <laughs> that was huge for me. That was like that was a turning point in my life. Never put five dollars in my gas. Right. Don't let it be ninety three on them too. Come on, man. It don't matter. We got money right here. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, I know the feeling for real. I know the feeling. Yeah. All right. So, um, trap blown. Give us uh, a story that is um, either regretful. Mm-hmm. Shameful mm-hmm. or embarrassing, something that's just like, yo, I gotta blow I think myself I told up. So like, already, bro. You, like, you gotta do it. <laughs> my, my, my fear as a rapper, golly. Like, give us a lyric from one of your raps. I don't remember. I don't. You, you know a bar. You got a bar from back in the remember. day. You got one of your joints. <laughs> There's one of your joints. I'm you trying to think. I, I, I really am trying to think. Okay. Like, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, um, ah, what was your rap name? It changed. I think it was DS at one time, and then I saw the movie. Um, I saw the movie. Uh, was it Reservoir Dogs? Um, the guy Vic Vega. Mm-hmm. I, I changed to Vic Vega. Was your rap name Vic Vega? <laughs> think of a a, hook, a bar. It's, it's escaping me. If I if I can think of it, I, I would tell you. It's All escaping right. me right now. Though. All right, cool. If, Dang, I'm going to get in my car. I remember them bars, too. Right, if it comes back. <laughs> yeah, if it comes back, I'm going to come do it. Uh, we'll, we'll catch that for you. All right, and so all right, as an entrepreneur, um, I know you're pretty conservative mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. You said that even your accountant said, hey, you got to spend more money, yeah. all that. But tell us, um, as an entrepreneur, what is the biggest bag you blew? What's the, the, the biggest time you, uh, biggest expenditure you have where, you know, I'm going to treat myself, my wife, my life, like, you know what, I'm going to let it go this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got this watch. It was maybe like 16000 You know what I mean? Yeah, that was pretty, I mean, because I always wanted a Rolex. Like, that was like the symbol. You know what I mean? the stat, That was a status symbol. And I got my wife one too. So that was. Sweet. Yeah, that, 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 that was my sport. I'm waiting on a presidential. They just sold out. I put a deposit down, though, so I'm waiting on yeah, <laughs> Okay, yeah. double up on a rollie. Right. Hey, man. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, family. So um, this part of our uh, podcast episode is the Trap Cheat Sheet, okay. right? And that is basically if you were to look back at your younger self or someone that is going through one of the really three core traps you went through, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they are the local weed man right now, yep. or the weed man in college, yep. right? And they think like, yo, this is gonna kind of pay my college bills. Um, or they're a local rapper, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? Spitting some lies in their verses. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking back, looking back at your younger self or someone in that position, or even someone in a corporate trap, uh, what would be some specific advice and kind of a cheat sheet you would give them as their first steps to beating one of those traps? Um, two things. Um, uh, consistency is the only cheat code. There's no way around it. And number two would probably be um, uh, your environment will change you before you change it. So mm. if you are, I don't care how much of a leader you are, if you're around a certain group of people, that group of people will influence you no matter what. There's no way around Trap bars. who you are. You got to protect your environment. You have to protect mm. your environment. If you're around a bunch of drug dealers, that's what you're going to do. If you're going to be, if you're around a bunch of low-level thinkers, you'll find yourself low-level thinking. Mm. I don't care how much you're against gossip. If you hang around gossipers long enough, you will find yourself like, no, I didn't see so and so. Right. <laughs> Every time. So, um, it, whatever you want to be, get around it. Mm. Whatever you want to be, just get around it. No, that's really a trap cheat code. You find that, like, you know, if you were. Um, hanging around Muslims all day, yeah, and their culture was Assalamu alaikum. Eventually, you're gonna be alaikum salam. This is gonna be the culture, right? If we saying peace, king, peace, queen all day, yeah. eventually you're gonna be like, hey, king. 100%. Like it's gonna be you, you're, that's our human nature, right? Is to kind of adopt to our tribe. Yeah, and 100%. so yeah, I love that. So you said your environment would change you before you change your environment. Correct. Right. 
David Shane's right here, Trap Bar. So, all right, King Dave, um, where can, again, um, we know you're everywhere in the podcast, but tell everyone specifically where they can find you, mm-hmm. follow you, tap into uh, the morning meetup, and just all Absolutely. you got to offer the world, man. Tell them where they can lock in. For sure. Mm-hmm. Number one, definitely subscribe to the Social Proof Podcast on anywhere you listen to podcasts, YouTube. Um, it's David Never Sleep. It's my YouTube channel. David Never Sleeps. Um, I have the Podcasters Blueprint course. You go to uh, podcastersblueprint.com. And uh, if you want to start, grow, and monetize your podcast, go pick up that course. It is phenomenal. I put everything that I have into that thing. So um, had a bunch of, you know, guests, uh, uh, people helping out as well. And uh, yeah, man, follow me on Instagram at sleepis4 with the number four suckers, S-U-C-K-E-R-S. Follow me on the gram, man. Awesome, awesome, What's awesome. Up? So I'm going to talk to you on the back end for the podcast course, the morning meetup. We're going to work out some kind of affiliate deal. You're yeah. listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, we're so, paying so, attention. So, so probably cut into this interview, you're going to see a short commercial that's going to give sure. you a promo code, likely trap, T-R-A-P, Ooh. trap, where you'll get a discount to the podcast course, a discount to the morning meetup right it here is. for it all is. of our How to Beat the Trap uh, listeners and viewers. Peace, family, and guess what? I told you I got you how to beat the trap. David Shands has agreed to give us two promo code opportunities for how to beat the trap for you guys to join the national entrepreneur community for Sleep is for Suckers, right? This is a book club, entrepreneur networking community, and morning meetup. Every morning, you can hop in and get motivated, excited, network, and build with other like-minded individuals in the most unique community in the entire world. Guys, go to LegacyNeverSleeps.com for you to take advantage of this amazing opportunity. It's LegacyNeverSleeps.com. The links are below. Now, also, for all my podcasters, for my aspiring journalists, I'm finding that podcasting is amazing, it's empowering, it's inspiring me, and I'm, I'm getting so much information from all the interviewees and I'm able to build with making new relationships and giving you guys game. So if you want to be in a podcast game, get David Shands, the Podcast King, podcast creation course, and use the promo code TRAP. That's right, T-R-A-P, when you check out, and you'll get the amazing opportunity to join the podcast community from David Shands, Sleeping for Suckers. Peace. Ooh, spice it up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's make a spicy form. Um, lastly, before I let you go, uh, out of all your podcasting, what has been one of your favorite interviews in regards to all your podcasting? Uh, me interviewing people? You interviewing people. Man, bro, I pro- it would be so hard. They're all... Because there's hundreds. There's hundreds, bro. It's like asking a basketball player, what was your favorite game? Like, yo, I love the hoop. Right. Like, <laughs> Like, all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Like, E, she'll do a, a a poem. Like, what was the the one time you killed it? What do you mean? Right. I kill it all the time. It's what I do. It's <laughs> what I do. So it, it, there, isn't, there isn't one. There's probably like three that haven't released where it just wasn't a good episode. But uh, yeah, but every other, anything that's released, man, it's just, I don't know, bro. Awesome. Well, tap in, man. Sleepers for Suckers, Social Proof Podcast. King, I appreciate you coming on. Blessing me Thank with the motivation you. and inspiration to even yes, do this. Sir. And we found out some things about you today, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know if the culture yeah, knows all, all, all this. <laughs> so we got some exclusives, man. David Shands done beat the corner trap, the yes, corporate sir. trap, the college trap, the yes, correctional sir. trap. He had That's four it. hours of correctional and said, I'm out. <laughs> In real life. Guys, make sure you stay tuned for How to Beat the Trap, our uh, series, our next episodes, man. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all you platforms, should. YouTube, right, all across the board, on um, all audio platforms as well. And we'll see you in our next episode of How to Beat the Trap. There it is. In real life. This podcast is sponsored by The Legacy, Legacy Center, Center in Atlanta, Georgia, a.k.a. The Black Your House. legacy starts here. Welcome to The Legacy Center, a 30,000 square foot Class A office space, event, and media facility. We are equipped with over an acre of outdoor space on our beautiful lawn, 20,000 square feet of warehouse and studio space. From fashion shows to baby showers, use our space to incubate your business, host your event, film your production, comedy shows to seminars to conferences to weddings. The Legacy Center has all of your event needs covered. We offer high-speed internet through the building, TVs with webcams for live stream access, private offices for small businesses, an upscale classroom, a cafe, and sleek conference rooms. 
schedule a tour with us today. Visit us at www.legacycenter.com. You are the leader and the CEO of your last name.